again. The Metal Hand of God podcast. The Fillmore New Orleans. Major, massive, concert, announcement is about ready to drop in your laps. Are you ready? They're doing it. Again. Over. And over. Here's a major concert announcement brought to you by the Metal Hand of God podcast. Only at the Fillmore, New Orleans. That's right, Wayne. This is another reason why the Fillmore is the number one premier concert venue in New Orleans. Are you ready for a hell of a show? Ready for a rocking night! On September 29th, get ready, ladies and gentlemen, Stone Temple Pilots. Jesus Christ! Whoa! Awesome! This is an iconic band you're not going to want to miss. Bringing a full summer worth of concerts, the Fillmore bringing you Stone Temple Pilots. Get those tickets for September 29th, or they're going to be gone. Bodacious. Who knows the next time you'll be able to see this band on stage. Stone Temple Pilots and special guests, rival sons. That's the wildest thing I've heard. So go to the FillmoreNola.com, LiveNation.com, or go to the MHOG podcast website. Click on the links, it'll take you to ticket sales. Stone Temple Pilots, September 29th. Be there. Outstanding. Is there more? Tell us all about it! You want more, you got it. The Fillmore has got the summer concert series locked down. Just like September 29th for Stone Temple Pilots and Rival Sons. Get those tickets. Go, go, now! No. That was a lot of fucking, um, adjectives. It is. Shit. That doesn't work. Oh. Welcome back to the Metal Hand of God podcast. I am your host, Wayne, and with me, as always, is the young, vivacious. Well, I'm young and vivacious. This is the real guy. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I, I just gave you a quick uh, compliment there, Rob, because normally I call you an old, crabby bastard, so today I felt that's like, nice. you know. That's nice. You know. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling young and vivacious anyway, so that's good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, today we have uh, two guests. There's Bill yes. and Randy. 
Hello. Welcome. Thank you guys for having us on the uh, most dangerous podcast in the world. You know it. That's it right. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Man, you guys did y'all. You see, they did their work, man. <laughs> <laughs> they know. They are. They're in the know. Like N O, not K N O W. <clears throat> but anyway. So these and two guys. guys oh, go ahead. And I was going to say, so so these two guys. Wayne was telling me you you guys are the the brains and the 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 masters of the MightyCon. Yeah, I don't know how much brains are really involved, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very little. Uh, yeah, no, we are uh, the uh, the guys behind uh, MightyCon and the New Orleans Comic Con. Um, so coming to you very shortly here, and we are just pumped for it. Not the, cl- the clock is ticking, isn't it? Oh my God! You tell me about it. About a week away. Yes. Week and a half. Week yeah. and a half. Week and a half away. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be awesome. Crazy. It's gonna be really cool. More time for beignets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're focused on. No one's, no one's questioning where your head's at. <laughs> so, okay, so, so how, go ahead. how much time does this take to, 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 to organize? You took the words out of my mouth. You know, it, it's weird. It takes, it feels like it takes all year to sort oh, of organize. And then it's like the last few months is all the frantic uh, finalizing stuff. Like no one ever wants to commit to anything. Uh, a year out, and then it's like two months out. Everyone in the world's coming out of the woodwork. Like, yeah, like you sell out of all, either you sell out of of all your space, or you have guests who didn't want to come. But then it's like, oh, this is happening, and then they reach back out, and it's like, we invited you already. You said no. We we got other guests. It is legitimately, yeah. Especially the last, no joke, last three weeks is when people want in, and it's like we don't have, we don't. It's either we don't have the space, or it's we we already have too many people booked, and it's. Yeah, it's well, that, that kind of sucks, though, doesn't it? Like, it's like you're you're like, okay, guys, look, we really want you to come, but you told us no, so we got somebody else to take your place. But now you're like, hey, I really want to do this. So, like, that kind of sucks. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because then you start you start looking at the cost of a last minute plane ticket and all yeah. that. And you're like, oh my god, is there any way to do this? And you know the answer is no. But right. Good they will reach out to you first thing when you announce next year's show, and then you have that guest on it. Right, right, yeah, yeah. and that's how they grow. That's how you know. Last year we, uh, I mean, what, half a dozen guests really, if yeah. even that. You know, this year it's doubled in size. I noticed uh, that. Yeah, it's. It I mean, was a good show last year, and, and um, now there's a new venue and everything. Yeah, um, so we're in Kenner. Right? Y'all in Kenner this year, right? <laughs> yes, that's the whole thing. Um, yeah, no, we're over the Pontchartrain Center. Um, which last year we were on the West Bank. Yeah, and we got a lot of people were like, "Oh, they're past the bridge." Which we did not. We did not we know, know this, uh, Wayne. You might have some more insight. Into yeah, this stuff. yeah. It's yeah. it's really funny because uh, I live on the West Bank. Okay, I live on that side, which I was like, "Oh, awesome!" There's actually something happening on this side of the river that's fucking cool. You know, I was like really excited. We went. It was really cool. It was a great show. Um, but. You're right. People are afraid to go over the bridge for some reason. They will not travel. Now, what's interesting about this is, you know, we're, we're from Chicago. Okay. And the south side of Chicago is world famous for not being the safest place right. in the world. Right. Uh, anytime we talk to people over in another city, go, oh, Chicago. Oh, I heard it's dangerous there. Yeah, you're talking about the south side of Chicago. Thing is, people will still regularly go there. They don't really have a problem with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just weird. The West Bank, man alive, uh, it, it's like a hard line on that river that people just don't cross. Well, and we had no idea. <laughs> well, you know, it's really <laughs> funny. That. 
it's funny you guys say that because like I book bands out here, okay, and like I can't get people from the West Bank to go to the East Bank for shows, and I can't get East Bank people to go to the West Bank for shows, and I'm going, guys, it's the same band on both sides of the river. Why can't yeah. you travel? I mean, it doesn't make a difference to me. Um, and, and it's really hard. It's really, really hard for some apparent reason. It's like a stigma. You know, is there I, some sort of history, like like back in the seventies? Was there some sort of no no not trying to be funny? No, was there some sort of weird turf war. This is this is what I can explain to you. Why is that there? Why yeah, is that it, crossing the bridge such a like a superstition? Okay, That's I'll I'll, ex- I'll explain it to you. Yeah, I lived on the West Bank for almost uh, I'd say pretty much most of my life, and then I moved to the East Bank, which is uh, the Metairie area. It's like maybe ten minutes, fifteen minutes from actual New Orleans. And it's like the Jeffersons, he moved on up. Yeah, I moved on up, right? Right. So anyway, <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, pretty much. No, actually, the East Bank this time, so oh, it, was, it was a little different. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but in Metairie, there's a stigma about the the West Bank being like nothing there. Like there's only you know there's woods and there's no buildings. There's no nothing. Like this real weird like it's not equal to what the East bank is. And I think that's where the stigma comes. And then most people, and then when, when people hear that, like the people from the West bank hear that about the East bank saying those things, it pisses those people off. So they don't want to go over there and spend their money. And then the East bank, people don't want to come over here because they think it's lower class and trash. That's a great Gatsby situation. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. No, that's a real, it just, and yeah, it, it really surprised us because you just, you don't see this in other parts of the country. I mean, I mean again, uh, Chicago, if anywhere, you would see that in Chicago and you don't. Um, you know, there's, going around, there's certain neighborhoods you just avoid if you can. Right. More for self-preservation. Um, <laughs> like, don't go to Gary, Indiana. Right. So that was, right. So it was a very surprising thing. <laughs> and, and that was part of what uh, uh, spurred us into uh, uh, moving to the Pontchartrain Center. Right. Uh, come on, back to the Pontchartrain Center is a really nice place. It is. Great, great convention hall. It's a big venue, too. Yeah. Um, Ample parking, which is real huge for something like this. Um, Yeah, and it's uh, honestly being really close to the airport is actually really nice. Yeah, Yeah, especially for you guys for coming out of town. And and all the guests, too, I'm sure will make it a lot easier. That's a big thing. I mean, when you have, uh, you know, 15, 20 people flying in for a show and you got to shuttle them, you know, from the airport to the convention center to their hotel, back to the airport. Having all that within a you know fifteen minute range is a lot nicer. We've done some shows where it's a good 20, 30 minutes. Ooh, yeah. Airport, and all of a sudden, you've got one guy at a six o'clock flight, one guy at a seven o'clock flight, and one guy at an eight o'clock flight. And you're like, well, someone's going to be rushing, and someone's going to be waiting for a long time. Right. Um, and you know what? You you know, right next to the Pontchartrain Center is is uh, the casino too, as well. By the way. That's not the worst thing in the world. Nah, I nah. I mean, most people. Yeah, I, I enjoy spinning the roll that table. Uh, I'll, I'm not gonna lie. You I've know, never been to YouTube before in my life. Really? really? That surprised me. I, I went to a buffet in one when we. Yeah, I was gonna say. I thought I've been to one with you, but we've yes. eight. I've never gambled. I'm gonna be 28. I've never gambled in my life. I, I'm, well, I'm sensing a theme awful. with Randy here, having to be based around food. <laughs> he, he is. He, he is. He's. It, it's. <laughs> It would be more, you'd be able to, 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 if this was me from two years ago, 
you'd be like, oh, of course he likes Boone. He, he used to cosplay <laughs> Bob. Now he can cosplay as Jay. He's gone through. Oh, nice, dude! That congratulations, man. Congrats, man. <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up, but no, I love Boone. It's well, and and that's another thing that you know, New Orleans. Uh, you know, we we would do the New Orleans uh, Wizard World show yeah. every year, and we developed a really great uh, following down. There's a fun show, um, but it's not really a comic con. No, it's yeah, it's, right. it's 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 all about movie celebrities and everything else. Right. It's and pop eye surgery. Yeah, uh, eye surgery there's that true. Yeah. <laughs> and in talking to a lot of people down there, everyone said, "Boy, there's a lot of demand for an actual comic convention." You're right. Sure. There was nothing filling that, so we said, "You know, I, I love the city. I love visiting it. I love the people down there." We started looking at that as that as a spot, and yeah, here we are. So. Dude, I, I'm I'm grateful for it, man. Like, it really is about time that somebody actually did something similar to this. You know, I mean, I've heard talks from other people and other stuff, but it's always ended up being, eh, well, they have Wizard World, you know, don't worry about doing anything small, you know, or anything, you know, other than what they do. And, right. and I'm like, we're not trying to compete with them, guys. We just want something a little different. We actually, I, I still, as a vendor... Um, so I still I sell comics as well. You can see behind me. Yes. Uh, as a vendor, I set up a uh, you know half a dozen or more Wizard World shows a year all over the country. Love the guys. Um, if you ever have a chance to meet them, uh, Peter Katz, one of the coolest guys in the business, uh, knows everybody. Nice. Uh, the Wizard World. There's some really great people. But again, they do what they do, which is not uh, comic books. They have comic books, but they're they're a pop culture show, right. and that's There's what they're wrong with right. that. It's just different, and that's, that's right. right, and that's what they do. It's you like know? it's like it's like a traveling San Diego, basically, but but in a smaller but in a smaller aspect, yeah. Right. I mean, we've got a uh, you know we're gonna have like a Ninja Turtle panel at the convention with you know three different Ninja Turtle artists at it, and that's just not something you're gonna see at a pop culture show. Tell tell me. Uh, Tell me you guys got uh, Tim Lottie to do that. Um, well, we got uh, Steve Levine, uh, Frank Fosco, and wow. the third guy. Um, I don't remember oh, man, Andy Kuhn? I believe so. I think so. Nice. Yeah. Um, I know, yeah, I know. And what's cool, you know, Fosco's got, he did the entire image run, which is actually getting re-released right now. Really? That's yeah. awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, he's pretty popular right now, I guess. That. Yeah, he's, he's doing real well. And then Steve Levine, obviously, the OG turtle guy. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, we have a local artist. I, I know you. I'm sure you heard of Tim before. Yes, he does Ghostbusters and stuff like that for IDW. And uh, Josh reached out to him. So yeah, yeah. yeah uh, he also he also did some turtle covers. That's why I was asking. I didn't know if you had uh, mentioned. Honestly, that. yeah. <laughs> it's the last couple of weeks. I've I have been. Well, I know we've yeah. It's to say our plates are full. Yeah. I oh I, yeah. I, I can imagine. I bet, dude. Um. Uh, yeah, I ha- I have a question that's at- that's comic book related, but it's for my own my own personal uh, collection. Tell me, you guys, are you, you you've heard of the game Gears of War, right? Of course. All right, do y'all play? I played the first couple. Okay. I played one through four, and I was going to get five, but then I didn't. <laughs> you 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 need to. It's that's what everyone's saying it's way better than four. If dude. Four kind of down. Five is the best. I have not. I had it paid off and pre-ordered, and I ended up taking half of it to pay off the mansion, and the other half to pay off my Pokemon pre-orders. Dude, dude, I got kids, and they're like, oh, I'm like, okay. I get, I, I get yeah. it, man. It's it, it's my only it's my only like big purchase usually for a game is I will wait till Gears comes out and I'll buy like the big version of it. Um, but you know, you gotta buy it if you like the series. 
it's the best game, hands down, that they've ever put out. It, that's rare. That's yeah. rare for a fifth entry. Because Halo 5, let me tell you, is garbage. Yeah. It oh, yeah. Garbage. It's terrible. It's the worst, one of the worst games I've ever played. I think I think the reason why Gears of War five uh, it the gameplay's fine that's that's it's really good don't get me wrong but when it comes to uh, the, uh, the the area of the storyline for Gears of War five uh, that's that's where it shines yeah. is is the storyline and not- then it's it's just it's a beautiful game it's just very well done I'm sure you'll get it eventually I will for sure. Well, uh, I, I think actually, like they had it on Game Pass or something. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I have it on Game Pass. That was only like ten bucks a month, right? Uh, like, yeah. you if you do like this new thing that they're doing, like you get your Xbox Live and the Ultimate Game Pass. Uh, it's fifteen bucks a month instead of paying like I was paying twenty five for both of them, and then now with you doing this, you get it for fifteen a month. I just uh-huh. got an Xbox One not that long ago, and like my free shit ran out, so I, I was like, oh. Yeah, but, dude. Like, it, yeah, well, not to say anything, but if you get it, send me your gamer tag, dude. We'll, you can play with us. We'll run through the campaigns with you. It's fun. I want to play very badly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, any, what was your question? my question was: You guys, are you guys bringing any any books down? Are y'all actually setting up your your shop? Yes, absolutely. Um, I am bringing. Uh, we did a count, and I, I can't remember what it was. Roughly forty to forty-five thousand books. Nice. And and. And my yep. big question was, do you have any Gears of War books? Ooh. That, I, I don't know. No one I know has the fin- – I can't finish the run. Like, I have a bunch of them, but I don't have, like, the last few, and I can't – I cannot find them. I'll, I'll take a look, and if I do, I will not just bring them. I'll set them aside for you. Dude, that would be awesome. I'd appreciate that yeah. so much. <laughs> Sweet. Absolutely. Yeah. No, there's, there's going to be – and that's another nice thing about having a comic convention is there's actually comic books in the room. Yes. Uh, which is, as someone who travels to all these shows and loves buying comics, that's getting to be a surprisingly hard thing to do with some shows. I bet. Well, how many How many years has this been going on now? This will be the second year for the New Orleans Comic Con. Okay. Oh, well, all grand total, though. Um. So the the, the yeah the mighty con years now? yeah the mighty con show has been going on for six years. Uh, started just outside Chicago. Uh, spread up into Wisconsin, then uh, over to Iowa, then down to Missouri, and uh, finally down to Louisiana. Next year we'll also be... in Colorado Springs. Yeah. Three That's first. a nice area. Yeah. So, yeah, it just keeps growing because the demand is out there. That's amazing. You know, in this day and age when uh, everything is so digital, people still want the tangible thing to hold to, and I, I really dig that with the, with the the books and stuff like that. Well, honestly, what's amazing about it, uh, the collector's comic market has outperformed the S&P 500 for the last 10 years. Uh, you're better off investing in high-end comics than That's good. anything. Which That's really amazing. Yeah. Oh, I, I had a guy bring a uh, Hulk, Incredible Hulk number one into the shop for a uh, appraisal. And after appraising it, he asked what he should do with it. Like, you know, should I sell this? Should I, what should I do? I go, look, man, I, I'll be honest. If you sold it, there's literally nothing you could do with that money. It's going to offer you the return of just putting this book in your sock drawer. You know? Sure. Uh, it's, it, it, it's gaining like 20, 25% a year in value. There's no bond anywhere that you could invest in that's going to give you that. So Now, now what are you seeing out now, uh, the new comics that are hitting the market that you could see in 25, 30 years going, these are the new 
say Hulk. This is the new this. Anything uh, movie or TV related. That is what people are loving. And, and you'll hear about books getting optioned for a movie before they even come out now. Okay. Uh, which is, but, it, but that's the thing. Everyone wants to know what's going to be the next movie or TV show. Uh, you know, I'm looking at our new issue rack right now, and there's so many that are just uh, great fodder. Oh, yeah, that would be a great one. Saga. Um, I, uh, there's a new one coming out called Undiscovered Country. Already got options for a movie. Um, you know, well, there's so many television shows coming out and so many movies. Is it Bloodshot like, 1? Bloodshot, I think we are one month away from the first trailer. Yeah, because... Right. And, and that one, you know, there's a book, you go back three, four years, you couldn't give those books away. Which are the Bloodshot? Yeah. Yeah, because I, mean, I, I have a complete run of the original from the Valiant series. Oh, they were such good books. Yeah, which you don't hear a story is like when uh, when I was like, I think I was like 16 or 17, um, my mom and my father were uh, part of the American Legion, and this this comic book we had a big huge flood here and a comic book store flooded and they contacted my mother and the organization and said look we got all these books we want to we can't really do anything with them we're going to have to donate them to something or throw them in the garbage would you guys like to donate all these books to like the va hospital and uh my mom's like yeah sure so she went and picked up i think it was like 27 long boxes of comics and she brought them to the VA, and the guys at the VA didn't want them. They weren't interested in them. So I have 27 long boxes of, like, Valiant books in my storage container. Wow. Yeah. And some of them are signed. I have, like, signed books and shit by different people. Oh, that's amazing. Like, I couldn't tell you who they, you know, who signed it because I don't, I don't know the, the actual signatures because they're kind of scribbly. I, I don't know how accessible they are to you, uh, but we will actually have down there uh, – Pulp Culture Comics is going to be setting up the show. These guys are autograph experts. Oh, wow. And so if you actually bring them up, he can... Uh, it, it, this guy, it's so amazing. I've seen him like point books and go, oh, yeah, that's a uh, Bob Layton. You can tell it's Bob Layton from earlier in his career because then later on in his career he started looping his O's differently. Or, you know, <laughs> that's funny. I do, I, I do think uh, I have a couple of those in there somewhere. Yeah, so if you bring him out, he can identify them for you and, and help you out. It's uh, Pulp Culture Comics. <laughs> that's cool. cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of excited to see if this this Bloodshot movie to see what it's see what it's about. Oh, I'm sure it'll be fun. I can't wait. Well, like I have noticed a, a big trend in TV shows and comics and TV shows, and there's there's that whole thing now. It's like that the the entire industry is is focused on on the fantasy the fantasy realm more so than it used to be. I would say there was a gap there between like 19 uh, late 80s to early 2000s there was kind of a gap that there wasn't anything going on and then uh all of a sudden now we've got you know you had the flash coming up you had the green arrow you had all those and then all of a sudden boom it's just taken off again forgot to lock the door sorry guys that's all right <laughs> <laughs> you got some He's being robbed. that's that's, that's that, that, we closed in like 10 minutes and like the last 10 minutes my people came in that's hysterical no, that's, that's that's the way it always works. hey man but what are your thoughts on that man i agree with like everything from that, like the TV shows and everything, that seems to be what's more popular. Like right now, like Boom Studios with like yeah. the television property of Power Rangers. Now there's like its own continuity with just in the comics with like Lord Draken with uh, Evil Tommy. Like what if he never broke Rita's spell and everything? There, right. 
it seems nowadays it's more focusing on the nostalgic factor or nostalgic okay. factor. Okay, I got and you. Of course, like, oh, Power Rangers, because every 90s kid is now, like me, going to be 30, we can still suck them back. Right. We can hit the nerves, and then they're like, oh, but we're going to add adult elements that we can't do in the TV show, because that's mostly kids. So now, like, they're taking things like My Little Pony and, like, um, like Sonic the Hedgehog, and they're still, they're, like, injecting little hints of more adult things into it. So, yeah, the, the, the fantasy and, and, like, the sci-fi element, like, it's completely different than like what, twenty years ago, like where it was just yeah. drastically different. Oh yeah, for yeah, real, me, man. Um, if if there's a TV show that's got a, a freaking witch, a vampire, a werewolf in it, that's my freaking genre. That's what I'm freaking watching. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an adult male that still, you know, is into like teen movies. I'm like, I'm digging that genre. So I was like, hey, you know, whatever. It's my thing, whatever. I mean, like, but, like, uh, like the new, the new Sabrina was awesome. I don't know if you watched that show. Yeah, of the new, oh, the new Sabrina. Fun fact: besides this Comic Con stuff, yeah, uh, um, yeah, chef and an award-winning indie filmmaker. So, like, the whole favorite Comic Con thing and the and, and the film thing rolled into one. Like, this is my kind of talk right here. No shit, dude. That's this fantastic, dude. Yeah, um, you're gonna have to like let us know what movies you do and stuff. We'd love to pro- help you promote it. You know, get it out there, man. Productions. What is it? Pepper Scar Productions. P E P P E R Scar, because I have a scar that looks like a jalapeno. <laughs> oh, nice. Cool. Nice. Like that. But um, yeah, no, I like horror. I like uh, dramedy, comedy, all that other stuff. So we're talking about Sabrina. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure I don't know when it is, but they had Sabrina the Teenage Witch comics before, but now I'm pretty sure there's a new, like River, like the whole, like that's the best example. Look what they did, like. They turned Riverdale, right, like the old school funny books, into a TV show that's like dark and gritty. And now there's comics based on the new show that are selling out super quick. It's insane. Yeah, and and right, because they, they merged that universe together, right? With, but uh, the, Archie but, and, and Sabrina. But didn't yeah. they have comics that came out prior to that? Was it like the Death of Archie or something like that? It was called Younghead. Yes, Archie. Like they had all this stuff, and they were like kid friendly and everything, and then. They rebooted it because again, it's the whole like the Power Rangers thing. Now, nowadays they're gonna take the nostalgic. I say it's weird, the nostalgic factor. <laughs> they, they take that and they combined it with uh, more adult themes, so it's something new, but it's familiar and that gets it hits everything like old fans, new fans, and now it's just like the comic companies and everything, like IDW and everything. They're taking advantage of that because it's like, well, the show's working. We're gonna license. We're gonna get the license now. We're gonna comic. So it's like a comic based off of a show, which was based off originally a comic. Yeah. Right. And and it's amazing how much, how dark they've been able to make this universe because ten years ago you couldn't have made that on TV. No. Well, look at they have Archie versus Predator. Yeah. Like that's weird. Never thought that was gonna happen. I would actually. No. I, I didn't never read that, but I really want to see that. Like, <laughs> it's got to be pretty good. It's your. It's it's insane. Like the uh, like the Scooby Doo Apocalypse comics they have now, where it's like the end of the world, and it's like Scooby Doo, and it's you know blood, and it's like Mad Max meets Scooby. It's right. Like, that, oh, that I can I, I can spin this one right now. Where Scooby Doo, they kill him, but he's buried in a pet cemetery, <laughs> and he comes back. Yeah. Oh my God! That would be oh, Raggy. <laughs> That's the thing. Him and Shaggy always ate together, and now he's trying to eat Shaggy. 
Yeah, there you go, dude. That'll be all. That is so good. All right, we, note to self: that is a perfect comic. We need to write this and make this happen. Tim, uh, Tim Lottie, if you're listening to this show, which I know you are, you bastard, do me a favor. Let's get this together. We'll pitch it to IDW. We'll make a fortune. We did a zombie Scooby. Oh, that'd Scooby. be great. What would they call it? Pet Cemetery Scooby Doo. That would, that's the best crossover that has not happened yet. Let's it would be Eva awesome. King and Hanna Bar- not Hanna Barbera. Is it Hanna Barbera? It used to be Hanna Barbera. That's Warner Brothers. Time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's all yeah, mixed it's up now. Warner Brothers property. Yeah, my uh, pretty my soon it, used to back in the day used to draw Scooby Doo for, uh, for back in the Hanna Barbera yeah. days. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty soon it'll all be owned by Disney anyway. Yes. You know they could totally do it. They just had Supernatural crossover with Scooby Doo. Like they could totally do Stephen King's <laughs> Pet Cemetery. Yeah, they, yeah. Could, they could. You know they used to do the celebrity oh, Scooby Doo things. Scrappy Doo. Scrappy Doo tries to kill the gang because they don't. Oh. Give, about yeah, no, or or Scooby Dumb. Scooby Dumb could be the other one, yeah, because you know the big stupid one. Who's the gray one? That's that Scooby. 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 Scooby Dumb is the gray one. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was okay, the big stupid cool. ass who like that would be great. Like he would be the dumb one, and he walks into the uh, pet cemetery and falls into one of the graves and dies, and then he comes he comes back to kill Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo could have the best werewolf transformation scene ever he could be regular scooby-doo like a great dane and then all of a sudden he gets enraged and he just completely like, Turn, wolves out or that or he turns into a human <laughs> and he could be standing beside a bag of blue buffalo dog food where it says in every dog there's a wolf oh my god that would be great <laughs> that would be awesome that would be the first that would be the best like three page intro to a series talking about stephen king's Cemetery yeah. Scooby-Doo. If Fred is just like, you know what, Scooby, you're too old. I'm tired of your shit. Did you read the Scooby Apocalypse? No, but we were talking about. We were it just before. talking about it. Yeah. It was really great, uh, surprisingly so. Uh, it yeah. sounds like something I would really like to get into, though. Oh yeah, it was bizarre and bizarre. weird. Yeah. Oh, there's death. Yeah, yeah. and then the, like, the Predator versus Archie. That's ridiculous. just insane. <laughs> you see his face? He's like, that's ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> But to, but to catch uh, to catch you up, what we were talking about is how how uh, some of the uh, things on TV, the uh, we were seeing a lot of fantasy coming back to be more popular on television. But we're noticing uh, a lot of the uh, the fantasy dark universe stuff, how it's been able to really become dark on TV, which I can see it more dark now than you could have done at least ten years ago. Like like we were talking about Sabrina, how how vividly dark that universe was. Absolutely. Well, I I think the biggest thing is. The shift in thought that, you know, you go back 10, 15, 20 years or more, comics were for kids. And that's right. just, that, that was the thought. Comics but, are for kids. But those kids grew up. Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing is nowadays, for me, I'm a comic book seller. I don't, I don't want kids coming in. Kids don't have money. You know, right. what kids have $1.20 in their pocket? You know, no, I, I don't care. I Fingers want, are sticky, smell like poo. I know. Yeah, right. I want the adults coming in. Who's looking to buy a fifty-dollar book, you know, or something like that? Or who's looking for an investment? Uh, now that we've realized adults buy comics or are into all this stuff, we can start shows have started to market towards them, and and that's where you're really seeing all these TV shows and movies coming out. Is all these like independent books uh, that were you know based on not necessarily adult for the sake of being adult series, you know, nothing like too graphic or out there, just stuff that is more you know, 
not totally geared towards kids. Sure. Where where do you see, uh, where did you think that began? Where the gearing from, you know, like your basic, okay, here's Spider-Man, Superman, you know, as kids were watching, you know, reading these indoor wholesome books and stuff. And then, like, the gears have changed. It changed drastically. And and I know where I think it changed, but I'm just curious on what you guys think. If I got to pick, if I got to nail it down to something, I'm going uh, 1992 Image Comics coming out. Yeah, uh, that's... they went their own direction, and I mean, they were they were violent, they were graphic, yes, they were sexualized, they were still somewhat marketed to kids, but they really shouldn't have been, right? Uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, hindsight, man, I was like, you know, what twelve to you know fourteen, I shouldn't have been reading Savage Dragon. That was a terrible book for kids, right? right. Um, and I think that is what really did it because you saw image able to give these people a chance to tell stories that never would have been told by Marvel. Right. Marvel like Spawn. Spawn, 100%. Spawn ripping guys' heads off. That's you, Marvel wouldn't have touched that in a million years. And and that's where I see where I said it. I thought it changed. I remember I remember yep. going to the damn drugstore and seeing Spawn 1 on the shelf and going, man, that looks really cool. I'm going to get this. So yep. I, I picked and, it and up. It was really cool. It was. It was so... And that book actually put my my life back into comics because i'd stopped reading them for a long time because you know as a as a kid that you you get to that point where you're kind of like yeah you know vagina is more important than comic books so i was you know not worried about that and was going after girls instead of worried about going buy comics but then when i saw that i was kind of like huh this is way cooler i had the same mentality and i ended up with two kids and divorced that's awesome and on that note we'll be right back kids yeah guys we'll be we'll take a break take a break we'll be back guys welcome to the mystical and whimsical side of new orleans Let Dr. Joe Doggo's elegant magic embrace you, giving you a peek into the haunted, shining a light into the side of the city where the vampires reside, and letting you see into the world of the voodoo culture, the history of New Orleans. That's right, whether you're a local or just visiting this beautiful city, you've got to check out Dr. Joe Doggo's Spirits of New Orleans Magic Show. He's been performing magic for over 45 years, and he gives you a true sense of New Orleans culture and history. It's an amazing show, and good for the whole family. So please check him out. And don't forget to check out the website at www.crescentcityconjuring.com. That's www.crescentcityconjuring.com. So that's right, Spirits of New Orleans Magic Show with Dr. Joe Dongo. 
See what the city been talking about. You're gonna like it. I guarantee. All right, yeah. So there you go, guys. There you go. That was our little commercial. I don't even know what we advertised, but we did. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, it was probably for my magic show. That's what it was. Uh, yeah, I do a magic show once once uh, a week at a, well, a, a he's hotel. The he wears the unit. Yeah, I, I got like I got the little pink outfit and everything. Y'all should come check me out. I didn't. That's nice. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. We, before, yeah. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe next year's con, uh, I can convince my uh, boss to do it for you guys. We can we can set it up and y'all can have it as an event. Absolutely. I mean, because it, it's. Love it. Yeah, because the magic show is based off of all the things New Orleans. Like it's, it tells a story about all the the history and like, stuff in New Orleans who do, who do through magic. That's actually really cool. The opening act, like don't cross the bridge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I can't cross the bridge. We can't go over there. See, you missed a great opportunity to start a new legend there, Wayne. When you could have said that the reason I don't cross the bridge is because a voodoo priestess cursed the bridge. Oh yeah. And you could have had this whole thing and Damn. You started this whole. Damn, you I should have. I should have, but you know. Okay, we can fix that in post. Well, we listen. It's a completely different thing. Right, <laughs> <laughs> we, we can fix that in post. Okay, sweet, we'll sweet. We'll, we'll put in, we'll put in Morgan Freeman's right, voice uh, talking the, uh, about bridge it. <laughs> the bridge witch. There you go. Bridge witch. Terrible sandwich. Um. We were talking about Spawn when we when we uh when we left the show yeah. and, and came you know broke for the commercial, but um. I, I do want to say that I do remember, like I have actually, I have, I think it's, um, I want to say it's number twenty one or something. I have that tattooed on my leg, the whole cover. Uh, I'm not, re- I'm not really sure if it's that, if, that, if that's the issue or whatever. It was the white cover with him like standing out by himself. It was an all white cover with like a little slit. Wayne, Wayne, that's yeah, not a cover. You're just really white, and What's it's just your skin. Thing, yeah, dude. shut the fuck up. Twenty one or twenty two. Twenty one or twenty two. Yeah. Spawn was the very first series that I ever actually got number one, and then every week would ride my bike to the comic shop see if there was a new one out. That, Same. Like I, it was the first time I got to follow a series right from the beginning. Yeah, I agree. And, I was that was the same thing because I got into like uh, West Coast Avengers as a kid, but I didn't get like number one. I was like, you know, you later. Number, yeah, you, you jump in at number. What is it like? You know, eighty-two. Or right. Something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Go. Yeah. That's that's the one right there. That, yeah, I have that on my on my calf. Nice. Um, and uh, but I do remember like the one Spawn book that really like stuck with me was I believe, it, and I really thought it was like uh, um, this is what the turning point of like being super edgy for Spawn was was the one with the ice cream man. I think that was number five. Oh yeah, the uh, uh, Billy Kincaid. The yes. Ice cream man. I uh, ice cream, you scream. We all screaming. <laughs> So I made him scream. Yes, and, and he would like and, and cut those like little. That, you saw that, and and you thought Marvel would never touch. This. Right, I was like, who's going to yeah. put this out? But these people, because I'm like, the dude was cutting off children's fingers and gluing them to a board inside of his ice cream truck. Yeah, you know, and and that was just like at that time, I was just like blown away, going, "Wow, this is freaking intense." Oh yeah, and you just know that it's, it's very Spawn gets revenge. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope the new movie is is all for him. Let's yeah. Actually, and by the way, they actually made an action figure of uh, the dead Billy Kincaid. Oh, did they? I didn't know they made yeah. a figure of him. It was, like, it was like a mail away or a Spawn Club or something. I can't remember. I had one once. It came in the collection. Damn. I thought, this is very graphic. 
but very, very cool. Like I, um, I would like to own that one actually. I mean, I have a bunch of old Spawn figures. Actually, I actually have um, a Violator from the first, the first release, but it's signed by McFarlane. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, a buddy I, of mine uh, waited in line for it for me. I've, I've got a couple McFarlane signed figures around here somewhere. Nice, nice. Um, and, and and again, and that, that's another part that you saw targeting adults is when he started putting out his own action figures. Uh, he said, I, "These are not kids' toys." Yeah. Yeah, that's are, that's the line that I have. I have the action figures. Yeah, like and I mean they put work into them, and all of a sudden it was this whole new market where they were like, "Wait, we can charge twelve dollars for an action figure for an adult, and 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 people will buy it by the millions." Uh, and yeah. I mean, leads into nowadays where you can't even buy you know six seven dollar action figures anymore. They just don't make those. No, I mean the closest you get are these really bad Star Wars figures that are out now that are just like. Oh. They're terrible. I don't like the way they look anymore. They just—I haven't bought a Star Wars figure forever. Basic, uh, like the three point seven five inch Star Wars figures are horrible. Yeah. Now the Black Series are nice. I switched to the Black Series. I'm a giant. I know. Giant I said, yeah, Star, Star Wars. Guy. Star Wars toys. Yeah, I have I have an entire storage room full of Star Wars stuff, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. That was a bunch of spawn action figures. Nice. <laughs> Dented. I got some of the I got a signed Tremor right here. Oh, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, but uh, it, it's so cool, the stuff that's out nowadays. It's so hard on the wallet, but it is. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you see even, and honestly, it, you see stuff that doesn't even necessarily need to be like Spawn murdering Billy Kincaid with popsicles and chains. You know, they don't, it doesn't need to be graphic. Just, they, they can just put out comics that are just uh, stories for adults. Yeah. Uh, in fact, next Thursday night on uh, uh Network television, Stumptown, is premiering. New show based on a Michael Bryan, uh, or a Brian Michael Bendis uh, comic. Really? Uh, wow. Really? It's a de- detective story. Uh, stars Kobe Smothers. Mm. Uh, yeah. And so it, it's right. It's it's network television. I mean, it's right. It's it's you know not dark graphic. It's just not for kids. It was a book made for adults who wanted to read a good story. Uh, and in fact, if you watch the premiere next Thursday night, you will see a commercial for New Orleans Comic Con. Oh, sweet! So was, yeah, yeah, we got some ad time during it. Um, Very cool. Now, some of that footage in there. What was that shot by? Uh, I so we got some. <laughs> I don't know. We we got some uh, Michael J. Fox impersonator just shaking. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Fox. Shaken or stirred? Mmm. I wonder. Marty, we're never going to be guests at that show. Yeah, no, but it, it, you get stuff like that nowadays. That, and again, there's, there's a book that, when it came out, you know, no one cared about that now is a good $30, $40 book because, oh, there's a show coming. Um, <laughs> okay. What, 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 show is, what, what show is this? Stumptown. Oh, okay. Yeah, people are, people are going after it now. I got you. Yeah, absolutely. Randy's breaking down right yeah, now. Yeah, he, he's done. He's done. He's you just you just he's broke done. him. You broke him. Look at him, the poor guy. You made a Michael J. I've Fox reference. To him. It's never it's never yeah. stuff that we can repeat. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> damn Team Wolf. Right. <laughs> you need a minute. Team? Yeah, he's like, take a breath, man. You no. Do you need to go outside and just sit curb for a minute? No, I need caffeine. And he says Team Wolf. And I'm like, why did you? Oh, <laughs> man, come on. You got to have that reference, man. Team Wolf. Team 
cool. So I'm like, oh, it was rebooted darker. We were talking about that stuff. And I'm like, nope, he's talking to Michael Bay. But you're right. Yeah, that was rebooted as well. (laughs) Yes. Actually, uh, one of the guys who worked on Teen Wolf, uh, the guy who did all the visual effects, I can't remember his name to save my life. Um, he does like really graphic horror movies. Um, uh, one of them is oh god, Laid to Rest is the name of the the horror series. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's very good. Um, he's the director and writer of those, but he did the the special effects and stuff for Teen Wolf. Are you talking about are you talking about the MTV Teen Wolf or the yeah. Jason Bateman Teen Wolf? The M- no, not, no. Who the fuck, Jason Bateman? <laughs> god, that is that doesn't even exist in real life. <laughs> no one no one even knows that exists man team wolf 2 is is a fi- fake fake it was awesome man it That's was terrible you ran it was right. the only true team wolf <sighs> uh. <laughs> oh, we're You're... going down in flames yeah we yeah, are yeah gentlemen we're burning up now um <laughs> This is our forte. We went down off the rails fast. That's, that's good. That's how we like it. Good. <laughs> yeah, as you uh, notice. Back to, back to figures. I oh, sorry. Ask you. I'm sorry, Marine. No, go, um, ahead. go ahead. You you brought up the figures. Uh, yeah. The large figures. Uh, there's so. Uh, I was. Where was I going to go with this question? We don't know. Oh, my God. Obviously, you don't even you know. You have no rails. idea what you were going to even ask. I, I did until you got me <laughs> all confused now. <laughs> Um, large figures. They're so large. I think we're gonna have an adjective. Uh, expensive. <laughs> expensive? Yeah, that's a good well. One. Yeah, it's expensive. Uh, Stop oh, rare. Stop, Stop talking. Why are you? you no. Michael J. Fox, quit what, it. What, what, go, go back to laughing. There was a there was a line of the large figurines, and I never could know the name of them, and I've been trying to figure out. They're all uh, the uh, the. The female character large figurines like was it the poison bombs- ivy, was it the bombshells, sirens, sirens or bombshells? That's kind of the two names for them. Uh, okay, yeah, but they were like they were like half naked. Yeah, that's pretty much all of them. Well, you- <laughs> that's pretty much yeah. I don't know, Rum. I'm just trying to help you, man. I don't know what you. No one knows what's in your brain but you. Oh, the only reason the only reason I'm asking is. Uh, I'm supposed to be getting four of them, and I don't know what to do with them. Well, if it's bombshells, they're, they're like the sepia tone, like old, looking old school type ones. But if it's the sirens, they're the ones that are like almost new, like you just went to a show. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, and, and stuff like that, if you're getting it, you don't know what to do with it. It's stuff you don't want. You're just like, I don't know what to do with this stuff. Again, they are huge. I mean, stuff like that takes up a lot of room. Uh, you can actually bring it to conventions. Uh, you know, bring it to the Comic Con, and you just kind of go to the vendors and say, "Hey, are you guys buying? You guys buying figures? You buying buying comics?" And most of the time, they're buying. Yeah, everyone there's uh, okay. And you can you can usually unload stuff. Because um, yeah. he said he said they're they're on like basis, and they're about anywhere between fourteen and twenty two inches high, depending on. Yeah, might yeah, sounds like it could be the uh, some of the statues, maybe the artifacts ones or something like that. But yeah, and stuff like that. You know what? If nothing else, you bring them to the show, and there's going to be someone there who deals in that stuff that can tell you, oh, yeah, this is what they're worth. If you're selling them, this is how you sell them. And, you know, you, you, you... I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, how, how many vendors you got going on to the uh, uh, going to be at the one in uh, Kenner? I don't know. A, a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, anything from uh, comics, toys, 
uh, rare DVDs. Old school video games. Yeah, art prints. Um, well, that's great. Yeah. I think it's gonna... Yeah, I got. I know. I know. I got. There's one guy going to deals in uh, DVDs, uh, which is cool. Cause he's, I've seen him around every show, and every show I grab something from him. Uh, and the last show I got the uh, he had the full set of the X Men animated series. Oh wow! So awesome. And uh, so I've been going to this huge nostalgia trip watching those, which has been a blast. That was a um, that was such a great show. It holds up pretty well, too. Uh, yeah, holds up real well. Um, I always like that better than the Spider-Man one too. For some reason, Spider-Man was Spider-Man solid, was good, but X-Men but was like, great. Batman the animated series and X-Men were like Marvel and DC. Like for me, that was like, yep. That yeah, was a two to watch. Yeah, hundred percent. I always like Spider-Man: The Amazing Friends better with the you know Firestorm and, and, yep. and yep. Iceman from back in like the eighties and nineties. Yeah, yeah, actually, it was more like more like seventies, eighties. Yeah, there's another book that you know a year ago was five bucks and now is forty bucks. Wow. Really? Dang. That's, yeah. That's cool. No good reason why. I, I have nothing. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny <laughs> as you say that. It's funny you say that because, like, I look at stuff and I'm going, hey, this is, I got, I got shit that I've been sitting on since I was, like, you know, five and six years old as kids. And I got stuff from my dad and stuff like that. And I'm looking at it going, this is garbage. And then I look up the price and I'm going, all right, well, this one says $5. This one says $105. I'm going, what's the difference? Why is you know, I'm like, this one's in better condition. This one looks like shit, but this one's worth more. And that's, you know, if we have time at the convention, I, I've talked to our programming guy. Uh, I actually do a panel on how to sell your comics. Uh, oh, I'm cool. hoping to be able to put on there. Because um, that, yeah, that is a very confusing area for most people. Um, shockingly so. No one has any clue how to value out their stuff or how to turn it into actual money. Spoiler. It's very, it's very much like juggling stock market, isn't it? Yeah, it, I mean, it really is. It's, it is like every day uh, treating it like a bunch of tech stocks where someone might be filing patents. You know, every day you sit there and you go, okay, uh, what just got option for a movie? Okay, that book is jumping up. Well, we get books that are jumping up on speculation. There's one book. This one drives me nuts. So there's a Silver Surfer book. That a couple months ago, it was in dollar bins everywhere. No one cared. Overnight, it became a $70 book because it's the first appearance of a character that could possibly be the Herald of Galactus who could possibly show up in a Fantastic Four movie that could possibly be made by Disney at some point. So we're like three degrees of separation away from anything being an actual event. But for some reason, this book went from worthless, couldn't give it away, to $70 overnight. So if, wow. you're, if you're a savvy investor and you ran out and you quickly jumped on these and got them when it started to go up and you hit like that $5, $8 range, you bought like, you know, 20, 30 of them and you flipped them instantly. Yeah, in one day you could have made well over 1000 bucks just by being a good investor. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And... You know, and, and on the flip side, I, uh, I see people all the time with these books that they were hot for a minute, and then it comes out, oh, that rumor wasn't true. It's actually this person's going to be in the movie or so on, and the book just plummets. And uh, I had a guy bring a small collection in last Saturday with a bunch of Wonder Woman books. He said, yeah, I, I, these were really hot, right? The, I know I see, I've seen you carrying these. And I go, 
they were really hot. Uh, it actually came out that in the new Wonder Woman movie that this person's not going to be the main bad guy. So it went from 30 bucks down to 10 bucks, And so it was a little bit of a, a hit to him that, you know, he had paid a lot for this collection, was hoping to make some money on it. He made a little bit because he got a good price, but not nearly what he was hoping for. Right, right. That's how the stock market goes, you know? That's how investing is. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 also it's the same way with action figures. I mean, I do a lot of action figure collecting as well, and you know, you look at these people. These people would fucking like uh, the the Star Wars when uh, Episode One hit, and everybody was like swarming the stores to buy all that stuff. Oh, and you know, you bought all everything you could see and everything you want, and now you can't even give that stuff away. I know. Remember when you went out and bought all the Jar Jars? No, I did not buy any of those. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have I actually have one per, you know one figure per line like I bought you know I bought every figure at the time but I didn't buy like the multiple like I do guys who went in there and bought like six and seven of each figure. Oh, I had a, a buddy of mine would go into Targets and wherever store he could and just clean. I mean, he would just have his cart and just put his arm out and just sweep everything into his cart, just grab everything wow. he could. And and again, the problem was. For every one figure that you know made him money, there were ten that he lost his ass on. And now here we are, thirty years down the road, and he's broke and can't figure out why. And it's like, well, you were an idiot. Yeah, I pretty mean, much. You know, it's pretty straightforward. I only buy new characters now, like in the smaller. Like I don't like how they look, but like when October fourth, when the new figures come out for episode nine, I'll get like new characters, but um, the little ones. And yeah, they. Back. I got a Jar Jar. I got an Anakin. Little Annie. Little <laughs> I can tell you now, man. Like uh, I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I've always been a huge Star Wars fan. But uh, after episode, what was it? I want to say episode three. Uh, I got it. Kind of it kind of killed me. No, no. I'm saying it kind of killed me with the the figures. You know, I was just kind of like, I'm done. I can't spend, you know, three four hundred dollars a sitting on on a bunch of figures and 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 i just can't do that anymore you know i'm just kind of like i got a kid now i'm just like eh you know it's not it's not smart and the problem was they started just milking people with these money grabs they put out the same figure in nine different outfits like with funko now same you're right yeah you're looking at going well this is the same figure this is just anakin with like in this one his robe is cinched with a white belt and in this one it's uh you know hanging open and in this one it's He's got brown sandals. And or it's like, on a different color card or some shit like that. Right. And you're like, why do I need to buy the same figure nine times over? And you do do it, too, and that's what sucks. And then you look and go, I was either severely depressed or I'm just dumb. Could be both. I think I think it was both. Yeah. Little, I'm, in the same, I'm in the same but boat, so I understand. Well, you're, you're right about the Funko. How many Funkos do you have, Wayne? Uh, me, personally, I probably have anywhere between, uh, I don't know. Two and five hundred, maybe. That's a big jump, two to five hundred, dude. I don't, but I know it. I've never counted them. Like the ones I had more than that. I had like fifteen hundred, but I sold like almost all of them. So I have a. I, we actually have a Funko shop here. So I just yeah. sold. I sold them all to him. You know what? Wayne? To help That's him open his idea. shop. We should put the commercial for Funko in. We should right here, right? This should be where we put it. This is a good idea. All right, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Sounds good. An amazing store has opened up in Slidell, Louisiana. Are you a Funko Pop collector? Then this is the store for you.
man, don't leave me hanging like this. That's right, North Shore Pop Culture Collectibles specializing in all things Funko. This is amazing, I've been waiting on a store like this for a long time. Whether you're a seasoned collector or just getting started, no matter what it is, if it's Funko, they've got you covered. I'm always looking for that rare piece to flesh out my collection. So groove on down to North Shore Pop Culture Collectibles, specializing in all things Funko. Located at 1394 Corporate Square Boulevard, Slide Down, Louisiana, 70458, or call 985-265-4279. They're waiting for you. Everything you need, Funko, is right there. So it's Funko. It's pop culture. North Shore Pop Culture Collectibles. See you there. Hey, what the Funko are you waiting for? Get out the slide down, Louisiana. North Shore Pop Culture Collectibles. This is great. I'm telling everybody I know. You can collect them all. You've sold separately. Uh, yeah, so like, yeah, I did buy a bunch of pops, right? You know, like, that's what I did. I would go out to the stores when they first popped out, and I would buy a ton of them. Well, I mean, we can make you feel a little bit better here. Uh, Randy, uh, have you ever bought any Funko Pops? Yeah, yeah, he's giving me a really guilty look right now. Uh, if we had to put a number on the total number you bought, what would that number be? Oh, you, I actually don't. What is the total number? 1375. 1375. Wow. That's impressive. Wait, you feel a little better? I do. I feel a little bit better. Not, not much, but I do feel a little better. I, I, but I know his, I know his, uh, his pain. He knows. I hated him when they first Because, because. I have less respect for you. I would. My God. There's there's a lot of really cool ones and there's and then you get into those series and you got to find the you want to buy them all yeah oh the chases the different the glow in the dark man it was insane I've got this one uh, Star Wars uh, one of, I can't remember who some Star Wars bad guy I had four different ones with four different colored belts really I'm like and I'm looking at all these going who is collecting this who is this targeted towards I was gonna say he's sitting right next to you. <laughs> But it's it's just it's insane. Hey, it, uh, it, when you're down here, man, you should go check out that Funko shop. It's pretty impressive. It is an amazing shop. Yeah, shop. Is you it will. a real Funko shop from like Funko? No, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, from Funko, but all he deals in is Funko merchandise. Yeah. What's his? North Shore. North Shore Pop, Pop Culture, Culture Collectibles. Collectibles. Okay. Well, check them out, man. Check it out, dude. You, you would really like oh, it. They have so much stuff. I know. I know. You, no, you absolutely shouldn't. You will leave broke. I barely have gas to get to New Orleans. You will leave broken dead. Take a couple of the ones you want to get rid of and take them down there. Maybe you can figure something. Yeah, because you, you could. You, he does do trades and things like that. So that's it's. He's a good guy. His name is Chunk. That's his nickname. I don't know what his real name is, but you know. Yeah, like from the Goonies. I was gonna say Goonies. Yeah. Chunk was Voltron. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, dude. Like I, I stick to main to my main um, collections. I don't I don't go crazy anymore. Like I like I do horror movies. I do um, I do music, and every once in a while I'll do some Disney stuff for the wife, or you know we do some sets. But other than that, I don't really go crazy anymore. I used to do DC and Marvel, and that freaking killed me. Like I would buy everything and then go. 
wow, I bought a bunch of crap and it's not doing anything, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm in the same boat as you. I I, I collect Thanos stuff. Um, mm-hmm. This guy has got me a bunch of Thanos pops, which is pretty cool. Um, and like, like Thanos and Warlock are pretty much it. That, those are my boys. And other than that, yeah, you, you, eventually you have to. you got to narrow it down. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's tough. And, I mean, you can't own every single one of them. And then now one of the guys who's on our show who does our uh, Pot Thoughts show uh, segment he uh, actually is uh, living in the same area that Funko has their main <laughs> main place uh, in Seattle. So he's sending me pictures of all the, the actual place and stuff. And he's like, hey, man, if there's ever a, an exclusive from there you want, let me know and I'll get it for you. So I'm going to like have like the real big dollar ones from there. But it's like. Gundam, Dragon Ball used to be like super freaking. I had too many, and the, the sad part is this was post divorce. It wasn't even like that's the reason. Like I was just like it just became this thing. Like I hated pops, and then all of a sudden I was like I want them all. Man, yeah. I have them all. Yeah. Awesome. And now I'm just starting to realize, oh, I, I don't want them anymore. What was you know f- what it is? Did you ever see the movie Josie and the Pussycats? No. Yeah. The, you don't remember the movie Josie and the Pussycats? Zarya Dawson in it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I seen it then. Okay. Do you remember the? <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you remember? Do you remember the machine that controlled everybody's minds? It was like mm. orange is the new pink. You want a Slurpee? Yes. Oh Everybody wants a turtleneck. Well, that's Funko. That's you. That's Funko, man. <laughs> that's the Funko machine. You know, dude. Uh, <laughs> what was your first pop? I was just going to bring this up, actually. I was in the Wisconsin Dells. Uh, it was for ex's birthday. I was with my buddy. He gave me a buck. It was a cl- it was like one of those machines where the bricks go left to right. you got to stack them up. Stacker machine. Yeah. Yeah. I put a buck in. I won, and it was an unmasked Darth Vader pop. And up until that point, I didn't care, but it was the coolest prize in the machine. I'm like, all right, I guess I have a Star Wars pop now. At least it's Star Wars. And then legitimately, like, the next day at the Madison Comic Con, because we were up, we were up a day early just for like a water park thing. And then we ran the show in Madison, and then like I bought like four more that day during the show. That's awesome. The show, and then it just escalated from there. But it was an unmasked Darth Vader pop. Cool. Yeah, my my first uh, pop was uh, the bloody Leatherface from the the Chase Texas Chainsaw Massacre one was my very first, and I didn't even know. That it was anything, you know, significant. I was like, oh, look, it's got a cool little sticker on it that says Chase. <laughs> no, no, this was like. OG, OG. Oh, yeah, yeah. Way long time ago. Um, and um, I was I didn't know it was anything significant because they didn't really they weren't big at all then. Like, you know, I, I, I was like, whatever. It's cool. So I opened it up and set it on my shelf and threw the box in the garbage. And then like like a couple years later, I'm like, man, I wish I had that box still. And then I, I I got a I got a new box and everything for it now, so it's 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 back in its pristine little spot. But you know that was like a two hundred fifty dollar figure that I was like just sitting on my shelf, letting letting my kid throw it around and shit, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, this has been weird. What the show? The whole pop culture thing with the pop vinyls and it's being well, I, yeah, it's being it, it is. I mean, I've got two. I've got I've got. Doc from Back to the Future, and cool. I've got, I've got, um, and I just got that in a loot crate, and um, I got one. It's 
It's a completely blank pop. There's no nothing on the pop. It the just D, says the DIY pop, ones, huh? It's, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, it just says I'm a pop vinyl. <laughs> That's it. You just pretend it's whatever pop you want. Right. Why yeah. not? Use your imagination. It's the it's the barbed wire pop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that'll did, come out eventually. Yeah. Did you see they're making a Funko Pop movie? Yeah, Warner Brothers. Are they really? Yep. What? From the producers that brought you Lego. No, no, it was from the producers who. It was the producers who brought you. What was that other one? Uh, The Emoji Film. Uh, Like that's the guy who thought that was great. My kid loves that stupid movie and it drives me crazy. My daughters love it and I'm just like. Yeah, I can't watch it. I'm like, it annoys me. Watch something good. At least if I watch Boss Baby, it's like okay, so. Dude, there's there's a Playmobil movie out. I mean. Playmobil. Oh, yeah, the, the little, the little oh yeah, the little stick guys with the big heads. You talk about trying to steal the Lego movie, Thunder. It's like a Playmobil movie. It's Bobby. Uh, wow. Like, it's like not Michael Bay when James Cameron's like, you know what? <laughs> Michael Bay made Transformers. What are we gonna make now? Gobots. Gobots. I'd be all Here about that. I would be all about a Gobot movie. Absolutely. I mean, why not? I want a new Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh, you're not gonna get one. <laughs> it has that classic Dude, charm to it. Shut up. Yeah. No. Are, you, are you wait? Are you talking about the damn Wayne's brother film? No, you go sit outside and you think about what you did, <laughs> and when you're ready to apologize, you can come back in. That's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. It was an awful movie. Oh, it was like white girls in dragons. It was terrible. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it felt like a movie that was made by a bunch of guys who had heard about Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Like, <laughs> like Dungeons and Dragons movies. Okay, so it's got like Dungeons and uh, and Dragons in right, it, right? All right, rock on. Set. Okay, we're good. Yeah. yeah. Let's put a funny dude in it and let's go with it. No. Right. It was terrible. I don't <sighs> know. I thought it I thought it was underrated. Sh- shut up, Rom. It was terrible. It was it w- it was no Knights of Badassium, but it was No, terrible. it was not. That movie was fantastic. <laughs> no, he can't be Robin in the Tim Burton Batman movies. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. That movie was terrible too. I'm not gonna lie. Batman and Robin, horrible. That was the first movie I almost walked out on. And I sit, I just, and I went to the theaters to see Human Centipede, so I don't want to hear it. Like I, I will sit through anything. <laughs> I yeah, I've never walked out on a movie. I have. I've I had, don't want to talk about it on here. I've, I've had multiple <laughs> movie-going experiences. I just never actually walked out. Yeah. All right, since we're bringing it up, most uncomfortable movie ever seen in the theater. All right, you guys all do what you need to do before I just stomp all of you with this, with it, so go ahead. Uh, was it Revolutionary Road with Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet when they came back together? And, uh, right, it was... It, Hopper from Stranger Things was in it, and all I know is, is me and my buddy were sitting there, and she gets, like... Again, I don't want to get too crazy. She gets pregnant from a different guy, and then she ends up doing something. And my buddy's like, if this happens, I'm walking out. And the only reason why I left was because I was laughing so hard, because he got up and walked. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing so hard and interrupting the movie for all the normal people that I had to leave the theater. One, one of the most, uh, the most not, not really, I, get, I, I don't get embarrassed often, ever. And and like really never I don't I don't I could say some really stupid shit and I you know I don't care I don't care what people think of me, um, but anyway um, there was a moment where me and my friend went to go see uh, American Psycho in the theater, and um, 
we're sitting there, you know, it was, it was the whole, I mean, the audience was packed and everybody was in there is packed. And there's a scene where, you know, Christian Bale is chasing his hooker down the, down the hall with a chainsaw, you know, you know that scene, right? And when he yeah. drops the chainsaw down the stairs and waits for it to hit her. And when he goes, ha, me and my friend just died. We couldn't stop laughing. The entire audience turned around and stared at us for like 20 minutes. I was like, what? It was funny. Come on. Dude. Yeah, it was a very funny scene. It was supposed to be funny. Right. And I just, they, you know, people out here, they can't cross the river. They can't take a joke. Whatever. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So, no, if you want an actual uncomfortable movie experience, I was 15 years old, and I went to the theater and saw Chasing Amy with my mom. Oh, Whoa, yeah, that's a good one. That's a great Bring it, bring it on. What do you guys that's got? That's a great film. I sat down as a, as a, as a little kid and, and uh, watched my mom squirm because we were watching Porky's. Yeah, oh, no, I, I, <laughs> I see Ball Rats, and I thought, oh, Ball Rats was great. It was so funny. I'm sure Chasing Amy will be funny because it's the same people as Ball Rats. And, you know, I'm 15, so I don't have a car yet. Right. So, you know, my mom just didn't want to just drop me off. I don't know why. I, I, but whatever. So, oh, yeah, she could probably go see it. It's whatever. It'll be some rude humor, but... Uh, you know, it's about the point where, um, you know, Joy Lauren Adams is uh, yelling that, uh, you know, she blew a guy while another guy fucked her from behind. Yeah. And I realized <laughs> that this was a bad idea. Mom, bad sorry. Idea. I'm so sorry. Uh, the other the other, <laughs> the other, one that I thought was bad decision on my part is I took my mom to see Bruno. Oh. Movie <laughs> where dick talks? Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know. I, you know, I didn't have any idea. I was like, oh man, this is gonna be funny. You know, it's Sasha Baron Cohen. It's gonna be a good film. When and then the opening damn thing is his dick spinning around, and I'm going, all right, this is gonna be good. This is awkward. My mom was laughing, and I'm sitting there going, this is terrible. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I mean, it, by the time Borat came out, we all knew him, and we knew what to expect, and all that stuff. But yeah, you know, uh, Bruno was still. Pre- when I said by the time Borat came out, we all knew. <laughs> Borat. Borat. Bo- oh, oh, Borat. Oh, yeah, Borat. But then that came out. We all knew. But when Bru- but Bruno, it was, it was, you know, he's still fresh. We don't know this guy. We don't know his humor yet as much. And, and it was yeah, rough. That was a rough film. That, that, that caught some people off guard. Yeah. Especially. Jam in his ass. You know, it like yeah. Wonder Emporium stuck on the well, I, I was, Yeah, my, my all-time favorite part of that whole movie was when the, when the, uh, the, uh, the guys who ran the hotel tried to open the door, and him and that guy were handcuffed together, and there was fake poop all over the place, and they were like visqueened up on the bed, and they were naked. And it was it was hysterical. They're like, "Can you guys help us? We can't get out." Oh man, uncomfortable scene time for me in a the movie theater was Mallrats two. Was it Mallrats two? No, Mallrats two. What Clerks was, uh, two. The, the, the Clerks two. There's Clerks two. Uh, went with a friend of my wife and she brought her young girl her 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 12 year old daughter and she decided yeah that was a bad idea already uh but the 12 year old uh stayed with me while she went to the restroom at the time of the scene of the donkey show (laughs) and the entire time the girl is just staring at me eating popcorn and i'm trying not to look at her and i'm I'm like this is really uncomfortable what do we do and then she's asking me questions I, and she's like, I don't understand. I'm like, I don't know. I don't understand either. Sweetie. He's petting the donkey from the inside. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, hopefully that left everyone a little bemused, but you know. 
Well, what? mom came back at the wrong time because now we're looking at each other and it looks like I'm trying to explain the movie to the doctor. <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, this is not happening right now. That scene, in fact, is a great litmus test for how terrible a person you are is <laughs> about that scene. If you got it 100%, you're probably a terrible human being. Um, yeah. Horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible. That's my favorite filmmaker. We know. <laughs> yeah, we know. We know. We, I, I was actually in the, the new movie, uh, Jay and Silent Bob's new movie, whatever it is. Reboot? Yeah, yeah, we're in yeah. Reboot. The I whole podcast thing is. Yeah, we got, we got the, uh, we, in, in Reboot, they do a convention. This is without, yeah, without, you know, lying. I mean, everybody knows it's coming. But we were one of the, uh, the tables at the convention. We had a big, big banner and all kind of shit. It was pretty awesome. Nice. And those two guys, let me tell you, those two guys are probably two of the nicest fucking people I've ever talked to in my life. Uh, They came uh, in our booth and, like, they were shooting a lot of stuff around us. So, like, the cameras and stuff are right in front of us. So they were just sitting in our booths with us, talking to us, bullshitting while they were filming. The nicest two guys, man. It was was awesome to meet them. It's good to see that people that I I respect and, and stuff are actually not dicks you know they are no they're they're the funniest guys uh uh jay will actually i've seen him in a lot of he does a lot of conventions he does a lot of science so i see him on the road a lot and he'll do this thing at convention i still it's the funniest thing in the world where he'll be standing there talking to a guy and you're just talking to him like uh you know oh i love you and this and all that stuff and he's talking he's kind of nodding along with you know it'll slowly he'll start kind of patting his pockets and, uh, you know, just kind of the thing we all do. And he'll go, oh, hey, uh, uh, you got the five bucks I can bum off you? And it's Chase, of course. Yeah, oh, yeah, man, I just five bucks or ten bucks or whatever. And I've seen it where he'll do this to a bunch of people in a row and just make like an extra, like, few hundred bucks. <laughs> just bumming fives and tens. And it's the funniest goddamn thing. I'll, I'll just sit there watching it and just cracking up. And he, I mean, he, he keeps a straight face the whole time. And yeah, I talked to one guy who, who gave him 10 bucks. He's like, dude, it's Jay. How can you not give Jay 10 bucks? You know? I'm like, it, dude, that's, I, it was the funniest, funniest thing. Easily. I'd be like, you get- dude, you're Jay. You don't need $10 from me. No, you need like a 10 in Canadian or something and just right, keep just, it with you at all times. And, and, he, and he's great most. at it. I mean, they are, they're the nicest, just most just outgoing, friendly guys. I've only seen them at like live shows. Um, I haven't actually met them. But uh, no, a, a buddy of mine uh, actually, uh, his brother was in uh, the the reboot as oh, cool. well, and uh, so we'll, we'll compare notes when if we uh, see you down there next weekend. And yeah, that'd be I, cool. I, don't, I don't think I'm allowed to talk about the scene yet in a public venue. Probably not because we're we're we had to sign a not and disclose for everything, so we can't like actually spew uh, anything yeah, about I it on the show. So. Yeah. So um, it's, which, want to meet them, please don't talk about it. Which yeah, really, but. which, which really sucks because you know it's like I really want to say things that we, not that we saw in the film, because I would never want to give anything, but just like the what the experience we had is cool, you know. It's awesome, right? You want to be like, hey, we we met these guys, we did this, we. I mean, I ain't gonna lie, we did post up the picture of us with them, so I was like, ah, we putting that shit yeah. up, you know, you, you're not gonna stop me with that. Sorry. No. But um, well, here's a here's a question real quick before we get get going. And I know you guys have got a lot of stuff to do, and you guys are closing shop. Uh, what? How early does your day start on convention day? 
Are we talking specifically for New Orleans? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you. How? Because I, you're, you're usually there by the time I get there. I'll usually get there around seven a.m. Usually the first one in and the last one out. But like, the more we have shows in one venue, it's easier for me to leave a little bit more on time. Sure. I'm dry. I'm heading out by seven p.m. Thursday night. I'm with a friend. I'm driving right down to Nola. And then it's like I got to be at the venue like at like ten. So Wait, so you're driving from from Chicago? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fourteen hours. Did you fall on your hours. head or anything? You okay? Yeah, he'll he'll oh, be good. Yeah, you'll be you'll you'll he'll he'll be fine. Um, and then you know the, the on convention day, like I said, I usually get there around seven a.m. And you're you you usually had breakfast already by then. Yeah. You're usually sitting there already with your you know McDonald's wrappers or whatever, and you're ready to go. So I'd say probably six a.m. for you. On average, I'll so, be in town. Yeah, cool. you know, you'll you'll out of the convention, you'll you'll get there around six a.m. and then you'll leave the convention hall at seven thirty eight. As long as assuming everything closes, it's gonna close on up schedule. I want beignets. I know you. Like, yeah, we know. We know. <laughs> Calm down. I know you are. Relax. <laughs> All right. Just FYI, go to. Don't worry about Cafe Du Mall. No. Overrated. Go, go go around the corner to Cafe Beignet. It's right near the police station. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. It, it, it looks like, like you're walking into a cave. Yes. It's it's this really cool thing. It's, it's very like, it, it looks like an airplane hangar type thing, but it's right near the police station. It's actually attached to it. They have the better beignets. I'm going to be the there. Kid and get like a three, three from one and then three from the other and then just fucking compare them. You will do it because you will you'll die. I'm telling you. Yes. Double fist. Yes. Give that motion again. <laughs> people listening Devin. can't see that, so we're all good. You're all right, but but we'll describe it later. <laughs> it, it looks like it looks like he was he was making people happy. Yes. <laughs> he looks like a guy that enjoys the donkey show. Turn your head. You look like a guy who had a hundred percent comprehension of the donkey show. Yes. Uh, A funny note about the sexy stud: his name is Zach Knutson, and he is also a movie director that we were also in his film Supercon. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. uh, Yeah. I I know Supercon. That's excellent. Yeah. If you watch it, the scene there's there's a scene of the you know the actual convention. We're in there. They get the big banner for MHOG podcast. And he made sure we were in the direct view of of the camera because he came on our show like a few weeks before, and we talked him to, through it and helped him get some of the com- the comics and you know the artists and stuff in there. So it was really really cool of him that he he really hooked us up with a good spot. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big awesome. fan of him because like a big part of being a filmmaker and everything is like I like the behind the scenes stuff, and he usually usually he shoots all the behind the scenes for Kevin Smith. Yeah, where he, he did for Zach and Miri and Clerks too and everything. And right. And back. So I'm like, that's how I like. I always watch the credits. So I'm like, yeah, this is directed by this guy. This is cool. He does. He does great work. Yeah. If you look at the end of uh, the, we're, that's the only credited thing we've ever gotten is on that film. At the end of the credits, it says special thanks to and there's a big Metal Hand of God no, we podcast. Got, we got credits for Scream as well. Oh yeah, we did. We got credits on the Scream TV show as well for being a um, a consultant. Awesome. Yeah, we we're we we're a consult. Uh, one of our one of our members was a consultant because they have the guy on the Scream show who's a podcaster, and they wanted to know what they have to do to set up and do all that stuff. So we were consultants on that too. I dig. 
I think a lot. That's cool. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. You know, I didn't get to be there for that, but you know, whatever. He did good. He did awesome. He did awesome. <laughs> but but I, but I screw. I, they think I screw him over on all these movie deals because I'm always in the movies and they're not. So it's okay. Yeah. But but anyway, guys, look, man, we this was awesome to have y'all on. It was so much fun. Look, whenever you guys want to do this again, if you guys want to promote another show, just yeah. come on. It doesn't have to be the one here. You know, uh, any any show you want to promote, and just come on because we're all over the place. You know, dude, you guys definitely. Randy uh, definitely uh, like to talk to you about movies as well too. Yeah, sure. I, I used to have a podcast. I got decent listens and hits too, but I just again depression and. Fun stuff. Oh, dude, and, and I mean, honestly, sometime we'll jump on. My before comic books, my business was uh, rare music albums and memorabilia. So nice, damn, dude. Yeah, we all we got to get on and talk some more because uh, you know, you know, we are the metal hand of God, so we talk about music a lot. Oh, that's I. Uh, we got. A, I was on a podcast in St. Louis for the St. Louis Comic Con. Music came up, and uh, you'll just dig this as a real quick little bit of trivia for myself then. Uh, the one album I have that I'll never separate with, I have a recording of uh, Cliff Burton's last uh, show. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. dude. Yeah, I got, a, I got Cliff's last show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there is there any way to get a copy of that? Yeah. Wow. So, no, I'm an old old school metalhead. So, very 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 fucking cool. badass, dude. Yeah, we'll we'll rock out to that stuff later. Hell yeah, Sweet, that's man. what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, we do appreciate y'all joining us, uh, and uh, we'll definitely, well, I will be seeing you guys uh, pretty soon over at the show, for sure. Love it. Yeah. Oh, and, and by the way, we're going to be giving away a p- two passes for that show, correct? Yes, absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah, Metal Hand of God, giving away some uh, free passes to the show, uh, however you guys want to. I can't remember if you want to facebook we're doing a few contests we'll, do, so. we'll probably do it the facebook thing you know to, that because it's faster and it's easier that way so we're just gonna throw them out like that but they're yeah, gonna oh check in with uh metal handed god and get yourself some uh opportunity to get some free passes that's what i'm talking about guys all right well look thank you guys again and uh let everybody know exactly when the date is for the show so they can come out and oh. wear all, all the information yeah, absolutely 28th and 29th of september at the punch train center in uh kenner just outside new orleans uh it's uh, saturday goes from 10 to 6 10 to 6 on saturday and then uh 10 to 5, 5 on sunday nice. um tons and tons of guests from comic book writers artists power rangers all kinds of people come on out and uh it's uh it's free parking um and then uh, $18 for a single day or $25 for a weekend pass. Hard to beat that deal. Kids 12 and under get in free. Everyone gets a free comic book at the door. Uh, you can't beat those yeah. kind of deals for the family. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, is there a website they can check all this stuff out on? www.mightyconshows.com. There you go. All right. Just wanted to make sure we got that in there, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, mightyconshows.com and, uh, yeah, MightyCon on Facebook as well. Hit us up. You don't have to put in the www dot <laughs> No. No, you don't have to. You haven't had to like checking ten years. Ten years. I'm checking. I out. always do it, man. I'm with you, Randy. I, like I can't not do it. I can't help it. It just <laughs> it sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't like mighty mightyconshows.com. It doesn't sound right to me. I have to www.mightyconshows.com. Yeah, well, you guys are oh, yeah. old. I know. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably older than both of y'all, so be quiet. Anyway, uh <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you all for joining me. I was your host, Wayne. And I'm the rum guy. And that's the boys. 
This isn't our podcast. You can no. That's what you got to say, man. Go ahead. Hi, be be polite. Yes. You are a guest. You better be polite. Thank you for having us on, guys. It's been a blast. You guys are welcome. (laughs) And remember, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to keep it, keep it, keep it. That's it.